1: Welcome one, welcome all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume, We Believe 20, presented to you in partnership by both Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content, and Blog of the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. He is Brandon Lee Gowden, aka BLG, aka Eagles guy. Uh, I am RJ Ochoa, (laughs) aka RJ Ochoa, from Blog of the Boys. BLG, how goes it? Happy
2: Wednesday. My classic nickname, uh, (laughs) Eagles guy. Um, uh, RJ, I had couple questions for you here at the beginning of the podcast uh okay. yes or no questions okay. uh in fairness to you it, d- it doesn't have to be conclusions drawn out of these questions they're just yes or no questions okay number one is your favorite color green yes uh did you say that you would be more of will smith who's from philadelphia than martin lawrence <laughs> and the bad boys if you and pete sweeney were um recreating the bad boys that I said that I would be more
1: of Will Smith's character, whose name is Mike Lowry. So, I would definitely be more Mike Lowry than Marcus.
2: I don't know what his last name is in the movie. Okay. So, Green, yeah. Will Smith. And then the final question. Mike Lowry, but you, you know, whatever. <laughs> do you co-host a podcast that is stationed on a Philadelphia Eagles podcast feed? That's true. I actually...
1: Um, to. Mm. To like, because I'm I'm in a jovial mood today, BLG. Like I I you know I know this isn't your purpose in life. I like to make you happy. I I hope that when mm. we leave conversations with one another that you're happier. Uh, do you know what the um, what my high school mascot was? Uh, it was probably the Eagles, wasn't it? It, it was the Eagles. Um, mm, I, although I I had the um and actually the eagles cap that you're wearing right now um they mm-hmm. use that exact logo um on a lot of things um but oh. i i guarantee you you cannot guess my high school colors they're the worst colors in the history of
2: like i'm i'm sure a lot of people are like oh my high school's colors sucked there's no way you can touch my high school's colors Well, I feel like it's not going to be red because I don't think you would say that. But the opposite of green is red, right? So in theory, it would be red because your favorite color is green. Uh, You're kind of wearing a red shirt right now. So I don't think it's that. I'm going to say like, uh, I don't know what you don't like. Oh, probably. Actually, I do know. It's probably like silver and like uh, white, right? You don't like those colors too much. So
1: um, the city that I grew up in, went to high school in is Brownsville, Texas. The Mm, high school I went to, Hannah High School, was the original high school in Brownsville, which used to be known as Brownsville High School before other high schools uh, developed within the city. So when it was Brownsville High School, I suppose this made sense in a literal sense, but not in a cool sense. Our school colors were brown and gold. I kid you not. Mm. Um, And the gold oftentimes, like on t-shirts and stuff, wound up being like mustard yellow. Um, Uh. So it was tough. Uh, Our graduation gowns, brown. Imagine
2: that. Like, just think about it. That's like those. Remember those Broncos throwbacks they were wearing for a couple of years there. That's kind of like that reminds me of that. um yeah. Before they, you know, did away with the helmet rule and everything. Um, that like, reminds me of that. I, I think I'd imagine Brown University has brown
1: gowns, but it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so a little bit more respectable than. Uh,
2: yeah. So, um,
1: yeah. That that is. What were your high school colors, Bill?
2: Uh, red and white, basically. we were the Cardinals, so wow yeah. a lot of cardinals there's like too many cardinals i feel like you see that a lot um yeah it's like very generic uh okay. i'm looking up the commencement for brown university right now and their gowns <laughs> oh, are they have to be brown not brown they're like black they're, they're just black
1: it's like just classic yeah. graduation that yeah, makes get, sense like they're yeah, more they traditional normal. uh okay. maybe
2: i'm wrong about this it might be the lighting i can't tell anyway doesn't
1: matter um okay well so All four teams in the NFC East are down to 53 players for now. For context, BLG and I are recording this about 10 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. It's September, BLG. We made it. The best month of the year. Actually, October is the best month of the year. uh, But still, um, second best month of the year has arrived. uh, So that is really great. The Dallas Cowboys will visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in eight days. Uh, which will make next week's NFC mixed Mixtape very fun and very exciting. Um, so we have some roster cuts to touch on here. We have some bigger storylines to touch on here. Uh, we were going to have on some guests that cover the Giants and Washington football team, but life's a little bit crazy right now for everybody, so we're pushing that back a week. We will hopefully do the quadcast next week, kind of a season preview oh. sort of thing. Um, but um, that being said, where do you want to start, BLG? I'm spinning the globe, and you stop it and tell us where to go.
2: Well, on the September note, I just wanted to work in a uh, don't wake me up when September ends here because I want to see the start of the NFL season. You know, it's only a week away. Very exciting to see the Cowboys open the season with a loss against the Buccaneers. Can't wait for that. But Uh, you would want to be woken up then because if you were asleep, you wouldn't be seeing it. No, that's what I'm saying. I I said, don't like, do not not wake me up. Like double negative here when September ends. Don't Uh. keep me asleep for all of September. Um, Mm. Although, you know, big fan of the song back in like eighth grade. So anyway. uh, American Idiot. Great album. No, that wasn't American. Yeah, video, but I don't know. They whatever.
1: Actually,
2: <laughs> they made that song. They made that album about me. But um, okay. Anyway, the uh, uh the Eagles, RJ. I want to get to them because you kind of took them to task a little bit on the SB Nation NFL show on a Monday show on that feed, and you were like, "I don't get the Gardner Minshew trade." So, and then that audio was actually posted on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed as a little like snippet for people to hear. Mm-hmm. So they, I think people may have already heard this. Uh, and gotten your take if not obviously you can feel free to say it again but um i just want to say start it out to you and explain to the listener and maybe the cowboys fans who don't think it made sense or the eagles are confused by it i think the gardner minsu trade actually makes a lot of sense for the eagles multiple reasons why number one it's a six-round pick more than anything it's a six-round pick like you're trading a six-round pick which just isn't incredibly valuable For a quarterback like that is a pretty decent value to make Gardner Minshew obviously has experience in the league he started before his stats are pretty decent for a backup and mind you they came playing for a pretty awful. Jags team these past two years. So last season in particular that- like it's very hard to qualify last year for J- Gardner Minshew because oh, the yeah. Jaguars were kind of tanking. I like to 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 enhance your points my point. But go ahead. No, tr- absolutely. But like I think so where was your confusion again? I guess remind me. So this news broke on Saturday to be clear
1: um and I was still in my Cristiano Ronaldo you know fever dream that is reality as oh, a Manchester right. United yeah. supporter. Um and so this didn't hurt me as much as it would have. But let me be clear, and let me be honest. I'm upset that this was not the Dallas Cowboys. That's my primary emotion here. And I, you said I took the Eagles to task. Truly, that was not the intention. I was more confused. I'm not like, what a bunch of losers and idiots. Um, I like trades like this. I've said this several times now. My favorite archetype of quarterback, or backup quarterback, is the young guy. And this is rare. There aren't like a ton of these. But the young guy who has... You know, not necessarily worked out in his previous destination, still learning, still growing, uh, theoretically cheap, um, has started games very recently in the NFL. That's why I said this on Monday Football Monday. My One of my favorite moves that any NFL team made this offseason, I know you love the Buffalo Bills like I do, was them signing Mm -hmm. Mitchell Trubisky. Because if Josh, and like I'm not saying he's great or anything like that, but if Josh Allen has to go down, would you rather have Mitchell Trubisky or Cooper Rush, you know, start a game? The answer is obviously Mitchell Trubisky, right? Like, in theory, with a great roster around him like Buffalo has. And truth be told, I know you'll laugh and roll your eyes, but I think you will accept this. That was why I liked the Andy Dalton sighting last year. Now, that was a little unique because the Dak contract was still up in the air, so people were dumb about it. But, um, and, and that's, I wrote about Cooper Rush today. I know I've made this about the Cowboys, but that's my job. Um, I wrote about Cooper Rush and how that, who he is the Cowboys backup quarterback now that the roster has been set how going with him is so irresponsible because he he's thrown three passes in his entire NFL career in 4 years. The Cowboys cut him last year. So, my point is I love that archetype of quarterback and I think if that had been the requirement of Andy Dalton last year, a man dude, Dak is out for 1 to 2 weeks, just just come in go 500 in those games. I think he could have done that. He was never built to carry a team for a majority of the season, which Matt Nagy is the only person in the world not to know and realize. But So that being said, I am upset because I, this is the ideal guy to go get if you're looking for that backup quarterback. He's still on his rookie contract, his rookie undrafted free agent contract. Mm. He's under contract through 2022. I mean, this this checks all of the boxes in terms of ideal candidate to trade for it's a, a, a correct me if I'm wrong a sixth round pick a fifth rounder though if he plays three full halves this year um so even if it's a, of
2: the snaps in three games
1: yeah right so uh even if it's a fifth round pick who cares I mean that's it's a day three dart that you're throwing and so my confusion um was I think that that's the ideal archetype if you're a competing team because again, if Patrick Mahomes, if Aaron Rodgers, if, you know, like I said, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott have to miss a game, that's the guy you want to come in. So I just kind of felt like it was a waste. And that's not an insult to Philly, Mm. but I didn't feel like they were a team that that met the requirements in my mind for that. But it is a great move. Um, I don't know why you keep Joe Flacco then if you're the Eagles. I mean, just to be honest, but um, because he's he doesn't fit that archetype anymore. He's past the, the age where that archetype makes sense. So I I was just confused why, because if I was the Eagles, I would want to give every single snap to Jalen Hurts this year. I wouldn't want to touch anything else
2: because that's what the season has to be about, deriving whether or not he is the guy for the future. Well, I don't think that changes anything, though. And to your point about Joe Flacco, yeah, I didn't want Joe Flacco on the team. So and to, to even underscore like your Trubisky point even more only got like 2.5 million guaranteed they just gave joe flacco 3.5 million guaranteed like when he was worse last year so and also this mintu trade is the exact reason to me like why you don't go out and rush to sign joe flacco because you might be able to get someone better down the road for a lesser price a six round pick um as opposed to paying 3.5 million also i've said this on uh the other bgn radio podcast we uh did recently but like also, why you don't take a backup quarterback in the second round in Jalen Hurts, which was like the original plan before, obviously, what transpired. And you could maybe just trade a six for one instead. But anyway, putting all that aside, um, like getting Minshew doesn't really detract from Jalen Hurts to me. I mean, there is like the, the, the theory that like, OK, if Hurts really struggles, then there's going to be pressure to play Minshew. But I mean, like, if Hertz struggles anyway, that's going to be an issue. Like, I don't I don't see how adding Gardner and Minshew suddenly makes it more of an issue. And also Jalen Hurts, I think, can handle that. I don't think he's as fragile as Carson Wentz was. Um, and honestly, if even if Jalen Hurts like plays you know fine this year, that still might not be good enough. So I don't I don't really think that changes anything from that perspective. To me, I like the trade uh in part because it gives the Eagles. Uh, an option now, like let's say Jalen Hurts suffers a like ACL injury, you know, God forbid, knock on wood. Uh, but like, let's, you know, season ending injury. He has to miss 12 games. Well, like, what is the point of playing Joe Flacco for twelve games? Like you're not sure. learning anything. I mean, the the point is the best case scenario is like he's looking awesome. He's looking like elite MVP Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco and you're going on a title run. Like that's but that's not realistic. Um the the realistic case is he's kind of mediocre but like you're not learning anything from about him. And he's probably gone next year. He turns thirty seven, he's gonna be a free agent guessing he's not going to be back. Gardner Minshew, you could learn something about if he has to play like a lot of games and whether that's like uh, the unlikely event, but the, the like 2% 2% possibility that he could be your next long-term starting quarterback as opposed to 0% for Joe Flacco sure. and also there's the chance that like you can kind of rehab his value. Maybe like he goes out and he kind of has a decent year and then you flip him next offseason and you can get something, you know, better than you traded for him. Maybe like a, a fourth round pick or like a late third round pick, whatever. So I think there's some of that to it too and uh yeah, I, I just think I think it makes sense. It's a sensical move. They're now RJ if you want to go the conspiracy angle, there's a <laughs> thought out there that the well, hang on Eagles, hang on Be- before,
1: before you go down okay. that
2: deep rabbit hole, I do
1: want to say um so we we, we can't get um we, we want everyone to subscribe to the blog and the boys and bleeding Nation podcast feeds and, and leave ratings and write reviews and there there's not a, a place to write a review for both at the same time. This isn't a review but I did BLG want to give a shout out to the whiskey influencer on instagram who sent me a dm Hmm. um seemingly eagles fan so only poor decision in this person's life um but i know you're a bit of a wine guy uh blg uh but the whiskey influencer sent me this dm said hey look i heard your snippet hear me out kind of fleshed out the gardner Minshew thing and like i've i've come around on it again i was never chastising the eagles my point and Uh this is hard to articulate in 280 characters is I would, as a as a football fan, I would have loved to have seen the archetype be utilized by a, a team that was seemingly more in need sure. of it. I'm I'm not saying the Eagles are absent of a need from Gardner Minshew. I also think, to your point, to add on to your point, I guess if if Jalen Hurts goes down or whatever, this cannot be a lost season for Devontae Smith. Like you, you have to develop him, and Joe Flacco can't do that. So the only con here is that Joe Flacco made the team because you don't need that at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, um, But whatever. So,
2: um. Again, last thing I will- I'll say on Mintu uh, is that like, uh, which I forgot to say, uh, is that he's a cheap <laughs> backup for next year. Like he's just totally, totally agree. To, like and that there's value in that because Flacco again will probably be gone. So no matter who it is, what quarterback potentially is starting for the Eagles next season, at least, you know, you have a cheap backup in place in minchu I agree. I just would have it would have made more sense to me like. Like a Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? Like
1: that's that sure. would have been an I like that's that's the connection I was looking for in my mind. And so like totally Dallas to it. me fit that mold, and I'm super upset that they were not the team to do it. But okay, conspiracy
2: theory, Gardner Minshew, Philadelphia Eagles, BLG, go. Yeah, the conspiracy theory is like the Eagles might need two quarterbacks in the Ooh. event that they because Kyle Shanahan's is going to be their new head coach. Oh, no. yeah, because they're <laughs> going to do two quarterback system. Uh, just like Rob Statscura loves and we talked about on the odd on the SB Nation NFL show on Tuesday. Um, no, it's again that th- the conspiracy theory floating out there that the Eagles can still potentially trade for Deshaun Watson. Now, OK, so it came out this week that Aaron Wilson, who obviously has been covering the Houston Texans for a long time, formerly for the Chronicle, now for, I believe, Sports Talk uh, 790 in Houston. um Ed said that the Eagles are not a team that Deshaun Watson wants to go to, and that's very relevant because Deshaun Watson has a you no-trade know, clause. But uh, Howard Eskin, RJ, who is – I don't know if you know who that is, but he's like the Eagles sideline reporter uh, for WIP, which is the Eagles' flagship radio station, and he is very I'm much – I'm pissed like off, around- Angelo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Your favorite uh Doug Peterson clip on uh WIP. Um yeah, but anyway, he's around the team a lot. And he, he was the one who previously said he feels like there's a 90% chance that the Eagles trade for Deshaun Watson if slash when he gets traded. And I listened to a radio clip from him just a couple of days ago, like where I think even after this report came out about the no trade clause, that he still thinks it could happen and has said like, well, why don't you think Jalen hurts didn't play in the preseason other than the first game? Like he didn't play in the third game at all. Um, and why do you think they traded for Minshew? So I don't know, you know, if that kind of sounds like there's some like dot connecting on his end. I don't know what, like how real that is. But again, if you want to go down that, like the conspiracy he- theory uh, rabbit hole, then I guess there's that element too, that you would want, not just, you know, you can't just have. So if you trade hurts, you know, and picks, then all you would have is Joe Flacco and Deshaun Watson. And you can't just have Joe Flacco. You would need another quarterback behind him. So there's that angle, too, if you want to choose to believe that. So um, let's think about this here. Why? Because the report was,
1: again, that Deshaun Watson would seemingly approve. And I don't think BLG and I have to relitigate this, but we're talking about Deshaun Watson purely in a football sense. There are a thousand more than a thousand questions about him off the field, deplorable accusations. Again, we don't have to go through all that again. But... Why would <clears throat> why would he seemingly turn down the Philadelphia Eagles? Because he theoretically, at least reportedly, is willing to approve a trade to, or was willing to
2: approve a trade to, the Carolina Panthers, and is still willing to approve a trade to the Miami Dolphins. I think I could be wrong here, and I want to give credit to uh, my BGN Radio co-host Jimmy Kempsey for talking about this too. Like, I think part of it is the pressure cooker market. Like, I think you know, like just look at Deshaun Watson not really loving the media, taking pictures of him recently. Like I think he is well aware and his agent and his camp and everyone around him is well aware that there is like intense scrutiny on players in Philadelphia more so than there is in Miami. Um, And I don't know that it's just about not wanting to go to Philly as much as it really is wanting to go to Miami. I mean, who, you know, I think a lot of people in general, uh, for as much as I love Philly, I think I am aware that other people would probably rather go to South Beach than South Philadelphia. Like Michael um, Lowry so at Bad Boys, right. Yeah, you sure. <laughs> yes, your your favorite uh, actor, Will Smith. Yes, we know. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's that. I And again, I don't, just because that report comes out doesn't mean things can't change. Like I said to Jimmy, because what if it's a situation where Miami just draws a line in the sand? They're like, the sand, you know, another beach uh, pond there for you. Nice. And is like we're not going to trade for you and what if the market completely dries up and the eagles are the only team left there waiting well then at that point is he really going to waive his no trade clause or is he going to play in houston so i don't know that he can like can't change his mind
1: an interesting wrinkle i don't think this is like supremely interesting but it is a wrinkle nonetheless the nfc east and afc south play one another next year um so you know just interesting that's all i'm saying you know um i i don't know how that's going to shake out i can't believe that It is now literally September 1st and that there's still no answer from the NFL for the Houston Texans on Deshaun Watson um, and that they're continually allowing these stories to fester. Um, The market thing makes sense. I do wonder if that I have to imagine that has played a factor in players, maybe not necessarily not choosing there, but maybe wanting to get out of there. Um, I saw your boy Ben Simmons once out of there. (laughs) um i'm sure it has nothing to do with the culture of philadelphia fans and the way he's been treated i'm sure it's it's just about the basketball
2: what a victim of a a player (laughs) who refuses to shoot the basketball just totally victimized um so that's the latest on philly anything else any notable
1: cuts you know shocking cuts shocking players who made the team or or yet.
2: I don't think any shocks that made the team. The Eagles kind of prioritized youth, RJ. Like, they cut a bunch of guys who they can potentially bring back, like vested veterans. They wanted to kind of hold on to their draft. All eight or eight out of nine, their nine draft picks this year made the team, and they'll probably look to bring Jacoby Stevens back, who was like a late sixth-round pick or seventh-round pick, back on the team. So, um, you know, I think that's that's obviously we're talking about how it's a transition year. That's important. And also the big cut is Travis Fulgham, who – as you might know, RJ led the NFL. He, he led the NFL in receiving for four weeks last year, or five weeks stretch. Uh, that's like that's such a crazy thing to say, like that that happened. That is insane. And Then he obviously fell out of favor uh, with Doug Peterson and last year's coaching staff. And I think a lot of people kind of blame that too much, like on them, like oh, you know, like they couldn't get him right, they ruined him, or whatever. I mean, no, I think the case is that uh, Travis Hogan had a really bad camp, really bad uh, preseason. I think he was only targeted like twice. And then he, he fumbled on his one catch, so not great. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the big one. I don't think anything else truly shocking. That the Eagles traded Matt Pryor, who was not very good, and on the last year of his deal to the Colts for anything is like a big win, and also is terrible news for Carson Wentz if Matt Pryor is blocking for him. If Carson Wentz can get on the field, because of course he's currently missing time due to the COVID uh, protocol and everything, which is a whole nother thing. But uh, but yeah. it um well so eight of nine draft picks then made the team Mm -hmm. okay yeah that's well done well i mean Eh, i mean (laughs) i I don't know it's well done as much as i mean i think a lot of them deserve to make the team to be clear one of them didn't and i think could get cut still uh like today when the eagles so you know obviously we're recording this we haven't seen the players that like the eagles and the cowboys and all these teams are going to add via waivers or you gotta you know, put people on injured reserve on and stuff too. Totally yeah, right. There's still there's still roster movement to go on here.
1: So um okay. Well are we ready to segue to the Cowboys in? Because I I have some QB two stuff that I want to get off my chest if that is enough. Yes, I've been I've been wanting to ask you. Yeah, let's hear it. Um so well uh, all eleven Dallas Cowboys draft picks made the team and they had 11 mm-hmm. because of the trade with the Eagles for Devontae Smith. Uh they picked up that 11th one and everybody thought going into the draft by the way like they've got 10 picks. There's no way they picked 10 times. You know what I mean? And then after the Philly trade it was like there's no way they're picking 11 well, they times. Right.
2: Like, well, they didn't pick 10 times.
1: Well, that's true, but uh so they wound up picking 11 players. All of them made the roster again for now. Um and for everyone listening, stay tuned to Blogging the Boys and Bleeding Gradation. We'll keep you updated on IR moves and claims and whatever. Um, none of that was shocking. There were really no um, shocking players cut. Um, no, you know, anything like that. The, I think the the highest point of frustration is at QB2 right now. Um, the Cowboys chose to roll with Cooper Rush over Garrett Gilbert. Um, again, not that either option was great, but that's, you know, and, and I wrote about this, like I said, on Wednesday, that's that's not a September problem. That's a March and April problem that you have to fix then unless you pull off the miracle and trade for Gardner Minshew, which I mean, there's no report that they've been involved in. There is a report, um, I guess, to get on onto this subject, that they will do their due diligence on Cam Newton, who was released by the New England Patriots on Tuesday. I know you tweeted as uh, all of football Twitter was, you know, kind of throwing their takes out about this, that he did not look good um, in the Eagles Patriots no. practices. He is Cam Newton though. So people are like, Cam needs to be the backup quarterback for this team, blah, blah. Um, and so we've been having the discussion just, you know, with other BTB and stuff should, should the Cowboys pursue this because he is better than Cooper rush. He is better from a football standpoint than I think, I don't know, 75 to 80% of QB twos at the very least. Um, and and that bar is low, but, you know, he still does clear it. However, BLG, you mentioned Carson Wentz. Cam Newton seemingly not vaccinated. And not to turn this into a political conversation, but from a purely competitive standpoint within the NFL, that is a hindrance. I mean, if he is not vaccinated in a theoretical sense, again, I'm not trying to poke anybody to be like, the vaccine doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. But uh, in a theoretical sense, he is more susceptible to testing positive for COVID-19. If he is working in the quarterback room where Dak Prescott is working, if Dak or excuse me, if Cam Newton tests positive, it's theoretically more likely that Dak Prescott will be a close contact and have to miss time. And so why introduce that variable to your quarterback
2: room if it's not already in there is a lot of people's thoughts. My biggest thing with Cam, and I hear the vaccine thing, but I my thing with him is like I don't even know if he wants to be backup. Honestly, you kind of touched on this with like Carson Wentz in the future. Uh, like if he gets to that point where you know he's looking for a new job like down the road, not right now. Um, like Would this guy accept being a backup? I don't know oh, that yeah. Sam would. Some guys don't. Remember Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford didn't. Sam Bradford could probably be st- in the league still. I think about this sometimes. Like if he Sam really makes his be, you know, money, he... so Sam's a little oh, bit yeah. different. Uh, well, he doesn't need it. Right. I, I totally agree that he doesn't need to, but he could. Like If he really wanted to, he could be a backup. Like, I'm sure there are teams out there who wouldn't mind having him as a backup, or maybe not this year, but the past couple seasons. But some of these guys like don't want to be backups and i don't know if cam really wants to accept that role i think that's a big reason why the patriots cut him i don't think like the patriots cut him because like he did i think cam deserved to be on the team he's the second best quarterback on the patriots he like i I think i'd rather have cam than brian hoyer at this point um but uh but yeah i think it's interesting that cowboys report seemed kind of thin to me i saw it came you know from josina anderson you know all due respect to her as a reporter bgn BGN loves
1: josina anderson
2: well, like, even, like, putting any of that aside, like, just the, the phrasing of that tweet was, like, very... Right. It wasn't, like, the Cowboys are really like Cam Newton. It was, like, they're going to do their due diligence. Do-, do Like, okay, any team is going do to their, do, do their due diligence on a player. Um, so I didn't think that was especially, like, noteworthy. Uh, like, or it means, like, the Cowboys are definitely interested. But I think they should be. I think they should be interested in Cam. They I, should be calling him up because... I, I, I'm
1: stunned that they're here. Like, I really am. And to be clear... All eleven of their draft picks made the team, right? Like we mm-hmm. said, they needed to address the defensive side of the ball. They threw a heavy majority of draft picks, and most of their free agent acquisitions made the team. Uh, Jake McQuaid, the long snapper, was cut just temporarily mm-hmm. while they, you know, they they handle the roster. I mean, he's on the team. Right. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, kind of the only offseason addition, whether free agency or the draft, that hasn't made the team. He, but he still could come back. Um, Mm -hmm. so they had a lot of things to address. So like, I realize that you have a finite amount of resources. However, BLG, the Cowboys have been in this situation now twice in the last five years coming off of the 2015 season when Tony Romo missed 12 games and they went one and 11 in those games. And that was one of the best seasons with the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I mean, like one of their peak, Darren McFadden rushed for over a thousand yards that season, despite not being RB one for the entire year. But, um, Mm -hmm. do you know? The additions that they made that off season to the to the quarterback room. This is twenty what So this is the twenty sixteen off season. So coming coming crazy. off of of Romo's injured year. So they they have theoretically at this time again circa twenty sixteen realized. Yeah. Crap. We have to have a legitimate backup quarterback. Do you know Was this all the additions? Moore? <laughs> Kellen Moore was already on the team. He he started one of the games in the Romo absence. So they brought Kellen Moore back to be QB two. And they had Jamil showers who was on their practice Mm. squad. And they spent a fourth round pick on Dak Prescott after missing on Paxton, the Paxton Lynch and Connor cook. Um, So they got, and then, I mean, so the whole argument was you have to bring in somebody because what if Romo gets hurt? And then, then Kellen Moore got hurt. He broke his ankle in training camp and they still didn't go at anybody. There was talk about Mm. Nick Foles at the time, actually, and they still didn't go out and add anybody. And then lo and behold, Tony Romo. Well, no, that was still after. Um, But no, I guess they did bring him in right then. But still, uh, but they brought him in to be QB three, even at that point in time. Mm. And then lo and behold, in week three of the preseason, Tony Romo gets hurt. And it's like, this was the exact you know, DefCon One situation that you had to prepare for, and they didn't. And and Dak Prescott bailed them out, and and has continually bailed them out ever since. So okay, so we fast forward five years, like five, this isn't a long stretch of time, right? Like five years, and here they are coming off of last season. And I maintain, like I said earlier, that if if the offensive line had been stable, I think Andy Dalton could have been what they needed in a small stretch. Like we we've, we've seen some quarterbacks have to miss with their respective teams. Um kind of the way like like Matt Flynn was for Mike McCarthy's Packers. That type of guy, but the archetype I described earlier. Do you know mm-hmm. do you I'm I'm actually asking. Do you know the additions the Cowboys made
2: to the backup quarterback room or to the quarterback room in general this offseason? This offseason? I mean, I know they had Garrett Gilbert, I know they had Cooper Rush. I don't remember anything beyond that. They didn't add a single player. To that to that room. Well there we go.
1: They didn't, right. they didn't they didn't add a single they let Andy Dalton walk and good for them. They shouldn't have paid him what Chicago did. Sure. But they they literally gave Garrett Gilbert every opportunity to be their backup quarterback because he looked okay against the uh-huh. Pittsburgh Series last year, who was a Great. paper tiger by that point in the season. Um, they gave him all the offseason work as QB two and then he got most of the training camp work as QB one because Dak had the lat strain. And again, like Coop, Garrett Gilbert deserved to get cut. I'm not saying that, that in no way, shape, or form is true uh, or, or isn't true. Not but true. Yeah. Um, Cooper Rush outplayed him in week three of the preseason or what was their third preseason game against the Houston Texans. And so after that one week, it was, okay, Cooper Rush is going to start ahead of him. And fine, like respect on reacting to that. But this, you, you're too late. You're too far into this now. You know what I mean? Like it's insanely arrogant to me to just believe that Dak is going to be fine. And 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 I I, I think ooh, he is, but but that's a really uh, that's a really ooh. stupid way to go about, you know, building your team. And I mean, Cooper Rush, they cut Cooper Rush last year. They they cut Cooper Rush in favor of keeping rookie Ben Dinucci. I mean, so I just it's a really reckless way of building your team in my opinion.
2: Ah, I thought Dak is going to be totally focused on the task no at hand. Blg, focus no. on the task. No concerns at all about him. Uh, no, obviously I agree. I mean, I've. I mean, you're talking to someone who has seen the value of a high level backup quarterback win a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, so that's that's definitely not lost on me. I think it is irresponsible. They're like, it it is perplexing. It's like, how were the Cowboys not in on the Gardner Minshew move? Like, wouldn't you have given up like a fourth, especially yes. was, like, a comp? compensatory fourth even even no and and all it's a straight up fourth
1: all the responses i get to this take blg are well the cowboys had one of the best backup quarterbacks in the nfl last year which i believe is true um and look what it got him and it's like you can't compare this to that like that that's such a flawed way to look at this because last year was so broken like you you can't it's like i'm not trying to defend andy dalton but last year is not a fair evaluation of andy dalton or or a fair evaluation of getting that quality of backup quarterback
2: Well, it's also like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, if we had to play the backup quarterback anyway, for a certain amount of time, the season is over. And yeah, that's true. Like the point, but that doesn't mean any, like, so I think any of you said this and we all can agree, like if Andy Dalton had to play like, you know, four games last year, then he probably could have gone two and two and kept the season afloat. Like that would have been a big deal. Um, If he has to play, you know, whatever he did, like. what 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 if it's one game what if what if dak for whatever reason has to miss the game against minnesota
1: this year right and because it's cooper rush the cowboys lose and then the cowboys are the eighth seed and Minnesota's the seventh seed because of that one game you know what i mean like you can develop a hypothetical for anything but that's that's what it comes even if it's one game it can cost you like this is the nfl and so i mean to not do everything you can to maximize your opportunity again cooper rush is an undrafted free agent who has spent four years in the nfl who has thrown only three career passes, who the Dallas Cowboys themselves were willing to live without. And now yeah. they are giving him the like priority of being the 12th most important starter on their offense.
2: So what do you think they should do at this point in this stage? And now I will say, yeah, like some of the damage here is done because it's like now you're not going to have a full training camp for this new backup quarterback that you potentially do want to get to like, you know, really learn things. And what if he has to play like really quick into the season? All of a sudden, like he's not even super versed in the offense. You know, you can make it work to some extent and try to get by, but like it's not ideal. So like, what do you want them to do at this point? Or is it just too late? I think it's too late. And people
1: used to say, like, I say that like it was really old, but like the last month or two months, people have said, well, QB2 is not on this roster. You know, QB2 is going to be somebody who's cut or waived. And it's like, who's going to be that guy? Like, who's who's who, Who's what? really going to be let go by their team that you're going to feel comfortable? Hold, <laughs> but like, Nick, I guess, well, no, not, but like, you know, I just, I. the answer is to be more proactive and they're not a proactive franchise in this capacity. Again, Mitchell Trubisky is a proactive move. Andy Dalton was a proactive move, and that's yeah. why I'm so frustrated. Dwayne Haskins is even a proactive move because yeah. he's still—I mean, you—you know what I'm saying? Like theoretically, that move makes sense. Get him away from Washington, plan. right? But
2: like a bad plan. But a like
1: plan. what? What upsets me is that they—they they are such a reactive franchise in that they are reacting to the vacuum of last year and saying, "Well, it's yeah. not even worth," you know investing in a legitimate backup quarterback because if that goes down we're screwed anyway yeah if he goes down for 12 games you're screwed totally but like if mm-hmm. he's down for a month you're not i mean and so they talk so much about how like they're win now and they have a window like the, these moves don't line up with that line of thought
2: I that's actually a great point i was just gonna like thinking about I that yeah, yeah I've and i we've talked about this before like the window is now like you're not gonna have michael gallup and amari cooper and CD Lamb on the same team forever. Very much probably not after this year. They're not yeah, on the same team. And also Zeke, the clock is very much ticking on Ezekiel Elliott's career after all these touches are piling up. So yeah, like there's there's pressure to get this done now. I mean, they really should trade for Nick Foles. That honestly should be the move. Again, Eagles fans are not going to like to hear me say that, but like they should they should trade for him. It makes all the sense in the world. It makes no sense right now that he's wasting away on the the Bears roster as a third stringer like they don't they have no interest in playing him because they've Dalton and they have fields Cowboys should do you have up like a fifth for Foles.
1: I don't think that I want that contract on the Cowboys
2: plus Nick Foles is
1: um you, I, you can't say like Nick Foles is in this box because there's no box like that like he's in his own box and I like Dak is in no way under threat as you know to be supplanted as the Cowboys quarterback but yeah, you know, people used to say like you don't want to bring the the Tim Tebow circus to town. You don't want to bring the Nick Foles thing. I, like I don't, I don't want that. Like I, I in no way, okay. shape, or form want that. Um, I mean, you know, hover you don't want to the win a Super
2: way. Bowl. It's up to you. But okay,
1: I just you know, it's it's reckless to me. I mean, it, it really is. It's it's not appreciating what you have is is really what it is. Because again, I think Dak's going to be fine. But what if he does? Like they're they're so they've they have gotten so lucky with their last two people people like to say BLG, oh the indianapolis colts got so lucky lightning peyton manning and andrew luck back to back the cowboys oh, like yeah they split the, that to be clear here the organization the colts spit number one overall picks on both of those players the cowboys mm-hmm. fell backwards into tony romo and Dak prescott and i'm not saying that's like, not skill <laughs> no i know i know that's what i'm saying like you know what I'm saying is like that. You know they, did, but they didn't even have to spend a huge resource on them like the Colts did with their guys. And so you would think that they would have learned over the course of because Tony Romo also missed a, a huge amount of time in 2010 that that they would have learned. You know what? Like you have to have one. And what bothers me is that they they think that they learned off of last year. Like yeah, we're not going to make that mistake again. You know, it's it's all Dak or, or bust. And and I mean. Again, that is true to a certain degree, but I I if Dak has to miss a game, I don't see how they win. Like Cooper Rush is so bad. He's so bad. He's so bad, B L G. Like, how could you trust him to be the guy? It's beyond me.
2: That is something I think about all the time in terms of just how lucky the Cowboys have been, the quarterbacks. Like it's not skill. You can't be like, Oh, well, the Cowboys knew they were gonna go later. No, that's not how it works. Like if you nobody they were no gonna, again, if you and, thought they were gonna with, be with Dak,
1: anywhere, with yeah. Dak, they tried to draft two other dudes. And, right, exactly. they, and they had him buried on their depth chart behind their future offensive coordinator and a quarterback who also played safety in the preseason in Jamila Showers. Like again, yeah. if not if not for the Denver Broncos, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, and Kellen Moore breaking his ankle, they, like Dak Prescott never sees the light of day. And so mm-hmm. and, and even then, they, they didn't even appreciate him enough to be proactive enough to pay him at the right time. You know what I mean? Like they're they're just a reactive franchise in every sense of of the way you can evaluate them. And this is another example of that. They're reacting to last year. And so if it ever happens again, they'll say, well, now we gotta get a new backup quarterback. It's like, yeah, you do. Like this doesn't you this never stops. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you you gotta keep working. You got you gotta do something again today and tomorrow. Like you always have to be thinking ahead because every not everybody else is, but the best teams are.
2: One last point for me is a conspiracy thing, another conspiracy angle. And I've been meaning to ask you about this. It's, it's mm. kind of off topic, but you just brought up Dak's contract. And uh, remember how great. I thought it was Love so weird talking that he about caved? this. That he caved, uh, you know, <sighs> when he didn't really need to. And okay. he sort of really leveraged, hmm. I just I think about that and the injury and everything. Kind of makes me wonder a little bit. Maybe it's nothing, but hmm. It is Things nothing. Things that make you go, hmm. They don't okay. make
1: anybody go, hmm. They make you go, hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, whatever. I can't wait for Dak to play play great next Thursday and just put uh-huh. an end to all this. Yeah, um, But, yeah, I'm... I'm very frustrated with the Cowboys backup quarterback situation uh, to say the least, but okay, let's take a break. And then we'll tie a bow with Washington, New York. Uh, maybe Cam goes back to a round Who knows? We'll be back after a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team.
1: Welcome back. BLG, if you had to play for any coach in the NFL that has not won a Super Bowl and is not in the NFC East, who would it be?
2: Hmm. Uh, this is tough because the Super Bowl thing rules out a lot of people. Top of, I mean, obviously, why would I want to play for anyone in the NFC East who hasn't won a Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> no one in the NFC East has won a Super Bowl, right? Except for Mike McCarthy, who isn't good. Um, nice. Uh let me see here. I don't know. Do you have an answer in mine? Sean McDermott. I'm a huge Sean McDermott fan. So, yeah. um,
1: I mean, I used to hate Sean McDermott for obvious reasons, but Mike Vrabel. I feel like that would be fun.
2: Um, you know, uh, Dan Campbell. I mean, Bran- Brandon not?
1: Staley in L.A. I
2: mean, I just want to embrace the the craziness of Dan Campbell. That's that's me right there. Um,
1: I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, but. You know, whatever. Um, Okay. Uh, New York, Washington, pick one.
2: Um, No. Okay.
1: So I saw a clip on Twitter on Wednesday morning um, from Good Morning America. And um, they were, I don't know what they were talking about, but they were talking about something, obviously something pop culture related. I can't imagine the gall of anybody to do that. But um, so Michael Strahan sitting there on the edge and they wheel in this like massive crate. And the host, she's all, whoa, what's what's this random prop doing here? And then, bam, out pops Eli Manning wearing a Michael Strahan jersey. And, you know, some other Giants come out. They're all wearing Strahan jerseys. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're the luckiest team in NFL history. We didn't deserve to win our Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And then they tell Michael Strahan that the New York Giants are retiring his jersey number um, and that it is going to happen November 28th. Is that right, BLG, against the Philadelphia Eagles? I don't know.
2: At but it is point. against the
1: Philadelphia but, Eagles.
2: It is against the Eagles uh, at MetLife Stadium. Giants and, always um,
1: win at MetLife Stadium against the Eagles, by the way.
2: <laughs> they always win against the Eagles in general. Everyone knows that. The Eagles always uh, lose to the Giants. Uh, I feel like this is a bad move, RJ. This is a really bad move. Like, you should have done this. They should have done this against Washington because they that's actually a team they beat twice last year. Um that's but they don't have like a score Runyan. to
1: settle against Washington VLG. The Eagles uh, are the reason that the Giants were not division champions last year.
2: They're adding extra juice, you're saying, to the game. Like they're trying to get people they're gonna bring out John Runyan during the game and like have Michael Strahan uh like push him around a little bit or something. Uh they're gonna bring in Brett Favre and then he's just gonna fall down. He's gonna Michael lay Strahan. down. <laughs> yeah. That is, uh, I can't. I, that does not get talked about enough about like how pathetic that is. About like that is the that is the weakest way in any professional sport ever that someone has broken a record. Like it, it just is. Like it was just given to him. It was not like this tremendous feat. It was literally just a gift to him. I find that ironic
1: because I agree with you that it was the giants of all teams. If you, if you believe this to be a record um, when the new England Patriots finished their regular season in 2007 at 16 and zero, that it was the giants of all teams who played um, in that week, 17 game against them. You know, that, that was, I vividly remember that game. I don't know how well you recall it, but I do. Um, but it, that game was supposed to be an NFL network exclusive back when they did those. And they made a big deal because the Patriots were chasing history. And, Because the Cowboys, shout out to the 2007 Cowboys, were the number one seed. The Giants were firmly established in their wildcard spot, had nothing to gain either. And I really respected that about them, that they played for NFL history. So, again, you would think that an an organization with a player in Michael Strahan who had such reverence for NFL history uh, would not be, you know, or not have an individual who would be so willing to just steal
2: a record i think it is a good move by far though it's like such a way to just like kind of troll middle finger to the yeah. record yeah it's such a good troll move it's just like oh you didn't even earn this i just gave it to you that is that's a good way to insert yourself into that um uh
1: there's there's not a lot goes. of
2: juice with the giants dude like this is the biggest oh. thing is that his
1: oh so his jersey being retired michael strahan yeah. and um have you ever watched peyton's places on espn plus Blg. No, what is it? It's this? it's actually really good. It's um it's a series so they have multiple there's a lot of episodes. Um it started during the NFL 100 season and Peyton set out to like cover the history of the game and he he does episodes, you know, with different people. You know, he did an episode with uh Jay Leno, did an episode with JJY, Roger Staubach, and they talk about like seminal moments in NFL history and and you know, Peyton loves football, so it's it's really actually really great. It's on ESPN Plus. And as I understand, ESPN has uh, taken the model of that show and applied it to other sports. I believe Abby Wambach does this for uh, soccer now and interviews play- people. I've never seen an episode of that uh, particular show. But there is now Eli's Places, BLG, uh, which has made its debut. Again, this is one of the biggest things going on with the Giants right now um, on ESPN+, Plus, where he is going to be chronicling um, moments and historical, you know, data points i guess in the history of college football because he is in a literal
2: sense one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time are you looking forward to watching the alternative monday night football broadcast yeah peyton and eli
1: yeah i mean i i won't watch the regular broadcast in if if like when when those weeks are on will you will you prefer the regular broadcast over that
2: um I don't know. It's a good question. I'll probably check out Eli. I mean, totally depends how it is. I'll probably check it out first and if it's really bad, which I don't think it will be. I actually think it will be good, but more so because of Peyton than because of Eli. But, you, right. but I don't know. Eli probably has a good role to play there, like in that, you know, Peyton is like everyone like really respects him and Eli is just kind of like a goofy presence there to have. Um, uh, what else is going on with the Giants though, RJ? Um, they, I don't know if you saw, did you see their final preseason game, by the way? I did. <laughs> okay. So, not looking great i would say i, I think, think they're gonna lose to denver week one i i didn't think I that mean, for it, a long time your point about like them like you know contending for the the you know last spot in the nfc uh i mean like their offensive line is bad like you it's just horrible. like Andrew thomas who apparently like we thought kind of like my so my thought on him was that people were being like a little too tough on him by the end of last season because he i think like this, the narrative seemed to be like he started out terribly but then he kind of got better. He actually like, settled in a little bit. Then he was bad uh, in the Giants preseason finale. And then like their offensive line on paper already isn't good to begin with. And now like Shane Lamu, uh, who's their starting left guard, has a partially torn patellar tendon, um, and he's already like missed some time in training camp. And now uh, he's like trying to play through it. The uh, Giants are also making trades. They just traded for Ben Bredesen from the Ravens. Um, they also traded for uh that was a defensive tack wait another trade for when they oh yeah so they traded for billy price from the Bengals. like you don't really be, want to be in a spot where you're trading for these like no name or backup offensive linemen or whatever like they're not in a good spot with their offensive line and, and honestly you know daniel jones i don't know if you saw that interception he threw but that was terrible the one he threw into the end zone where he just like threw behind a receiver like giants i mean not a lot is going on for them in terms of like big juice but the things they they big juice big juice view a lot of the stuff that is like isn't really good and honestly and we can talk about this with ed next week when we talk to him but like i think giants fans are being very delusional about this too because what i've seen from big blue view is it's like ed has basically said like oh they're not going to be like one of the very worst teams in the league they're going to be like eight and nine or nine and eight. i'm like i don't know man like what do you see in here that i'm not So this is why I love
1: the NFC's mixtape and why the people who created it are true visionaries and geniuses. Shout out to them. But um, and I think you'll agree with this because of, frankly, our jobs, but because of our interests, we kind of get sucked into our own little worlds, right? Like, you know, I end up living and breathing often in Cowboys world and same for you in Eagles world, right? Like, so you kind of get like slanted impressions or you know ideas you know for on certain things and so and that works both ways like sometimes you think the sky is falling when it's not that big of a deal but sometimes you you have like rose colored glasses so to speak and so i was looking last week not a big blue view but they are the best but at giants reddit and there was a, a poll that was like, or a, a thread that was just like, what do you, how, how do you think our season's going to go, blah, blah, And all the comments were like, oh, yeah, we're contending for the division. Like, yeah, I think, you know, eight, eight to nine wins easy. And it's like, what do you see? Like, like who, what, like, you know, like, what, what are, the, what? if you had to put on Giants rose-colored glasses, what would they see? I mean, you know, there's, like, it's hard to be optimistic. The offensive line is really bad. The quarterback is already very questionable, let alone behind the shaky offensive line. The running back, who the entire game plan is structured around, is coming off of injury and is still a question mark in his own right. I mean, there's there's not a lot. The secondary is nice. That's the nicest yeah. thing I can say. That's it. Yep. But even then, Adoy Jackson, Jackson popped up on the injury report last week himself. So, I mean, it's it's hard to trust anything with this team.
2: Yeah, I think it's possible the defense kind of like blake martinez obviously we talked about him had it coming off a good year also i think he's looked good in the preseason the secondary is nice assuming uh, Dory jackson can get healthy like i think that defense can be like respectable and honestly even like an above average unit but like okay that's fine but when you're pairing that with like a highly suspect offense that's not fine it's it's like the giants defense would be totally fine if their offense was really good like yeah be like okay yeah it's it's a passable defense but you know, when you're looking at their offense and and I, I just don't and then like they're, they're getting banged up there, too. Like I see Darius Slayton has had an injury like again, the offensive line. Evan Ingram is hurt again. Shocker. Like what a surprise. Like, yeah, just the, the vibes are not good here with the Giants. Saquon still like isn't definitely ready right for week one. And as I've said, I think like their whole offense kind of depends on him and riding him. So like. I mean, maybe it's possible that I want to be fair to the Giants and I want to like, because obviously they have their case, their fans have their case for optimism and everything. I want to see that even if I don't want to agree with that, I want to like see that perspective, like you're saying, so I can at least like see where they're coming from. And again, maybe we can get that when we talk to Ed Um, and obviously we're just haters here, but. I'm just not seeing like the biggest reason for optimism. The, the nicest thing I can say is like maybe it crystallizes as the season goes on. Maybe Saquon gets healthy. Maybe uh, didn't, I, I don't know. Like that's the only thing I can think of. Who is a team
1: like this? Um, like a recent NFL team that has had it crystallize? You know what I mean? That that had these kind of question marks? Because I'm I'm struggling to think. I mean, I suppose. You could maybe say the beginning of this little Titans run. Not that I would call what the Titans are experiencing a run, but maybe that you know, like that—that yeah. that might, that might be the closest thing that I can comp this situation to. Eh, but I mean, that was so
2: different, though. You know, quarterback change. Right. There was a
1: spark, like the, the, a spark. It was yeah. a, a catalyst for for the you know crystallization. Um, quickly, win losses here, BLG. This is the Giants' first nine games before the bye. Okay, it's just win or loss. Yeah.
2: Denver at home. Uh, then lo- didn- okay. Loss. 0 and one at Washington. Uh, loss. 0 and two Atlanta. Uh, lo- Uh, win. Let's give him a win there. One
1: and two at New Orleans. Uh, loss. One and three at Dallas. Uh, win. Okay, so one and four. <laughs> uh, the the Rams at home. At loss. One and five Carolina. Uh, give him a win. Okay. Two and five at Kansas city boss two and six, the Raiders at home. Uh, win. Okay. So they we're talking about them being three and six hypothetically yeah. at the buy. And then they come out of their buy and get the bucks. <laughs> so, um, you know, and that, that first month really that like after the buy, they got, they got the bucks, the Eagles, the dolphins, the chargers. And then after that, they get the Cowboys. Like, i'm grateful that the cowboys for example get the bucks and the chargers to start the season like those are two of their three hardest games this year you know what i mean and so you get them out of the way right away i mean that's just it's it's not a gauntlet for the giants but they're just not good enough to withstand it
2: uh when we
1: want to washington rj do you think there's any thought that so hold up before i go to cam Newton. Last week, over the weekend, I said this on the daily on Monday on Explanation NFL show. It was reported that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be their starter. Who didn't know this? Like, like who 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 was unaware that this was the case? I mean,
2: but whatever. Um, is there well, any it just? Go it just got officially announced that Dylan Hurts is the Eagles starter.
1: That's true. It's a good so, point.
2: Um, is
1: there any thought that Cam Newton
2: could rejoin Ron Rivera or no? Again, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I don't think he wants to be a backup. The only situation I think I see Cam go to Washington is like if Ryan Fitzpatrick is out for the year, and like they're looking to sign him, and then he would start at that point. Like, that's the only way I think I see it.
1: You wanted to talk about Jarrett Patterson making the Washington
2: yeah. roster. Go ahead. Well, I, like, I'm I'm looking at Hog You know, I'm checking out our good friends there. They do good work, and I see like there's a lot of like a lot of the headlines I see. So a little peek behind the curtain here. I check out all of the NFC East SB Nation blogs, uh, blogs from the boys, the best, Hog's Haven, really, really good, really uh, good, every day to add links to the bottom of the you know the daily link post I do each morning. So, so, I think it's kind of fun to give people a little insight on what's going on in the division. So, uh, I see a lot of Jarrett Patterson buzz here at Hog's Haven. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, why, why are we always talking about Jarrett Patterson? I looked that his numbers. He like, gave me a 3.9 uh, yards for carry in the preseason. So he's not like necessarily blowing people away. I think he did have seven for 70 as a receiver. So, you know, he has some receiving chops too. Um, people seem to be really excited about him making the team as a rookie. And I guess like, I, I think Antonio, Bigson, Antonio, Bigson, Antonio Gibson could be in store for a big year. Um, so like, it's kind of weird to me that like, like, other backs are getting hype. Maybe it's a rotation. I don't know what they're doing in that backfield. I mean, obviously, Preseason. Him, he's, the next, he's, yeah. the, he's the next Christian McCaffrey. So, it's, right. you know, we, we've already established that. Uh, and then also, the other guy who made their team that apparently is really exciting is Chilean uh, former Division One basketball player Samus, shout out to Nintendo, uh, Reyes. So, this is the most interesting thing. That I think Washington has going on. It's been a very quiet camp for them, which again I think is not a bad thing. But it's just kind of like uh, there's not a whole lot of like huge national big stories going on with Washington. Um, I think that's all I've got, RJ, along those lines. And so
1: what I'm about to say is going to sound really weird, but it's weird how not talked about something that was talked about a lot has become. I don't know if that makes sense. Like huh? one of the one of the one of the biggest stories in the whole league when training camp started was the we already mentioned vaccination, but the level of low vaccination with Washington. I remember, Ron Rivera got pissed off, right? Like, rightly so. Like, you know, Ron Rivera came out and and really kind of like stated his thoughts on the matter. And we've seen other coaches be a little bit more. Um, Democratic about it Or or, or political A little bit more Like kind of impartial um, You know Right exactly But Ron Rivera Took a completely Different approach And that's something That I think a lot of people Like about Ron Rivera Just like generally speaking Like his disposition Um, A good leader you say So now I think I don't want to misspeak But I think Washington's Around like 90% vaccination Which seemed impossible uh, Given where they were You know When this story First started to kind of Take off So it's weird How that's not talked about Like you know all everyone wanted to talk about when everything was on fire with them as far as vaccinations, like in a bad way. But now that they've kind of gotten around to the neck of the woods where most of the teams in the league are, they've even passed the Colts. Like you mentioned Carson Wentz. Like the Colts, yeah. I, I believe, are the the lowest ranked or lowest vaccinated team, like as far as like mm-hmm. percentages are concerned. I mean that I mean, look, I've never ever said that Ronnever is not a
2: great leader, not a great person, never not been a fan of him as a mm-hmm. human being. That is a great job by Ron Avera. I think it's very – I think that is probably a big reason why – I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for players, but uh, I think that's a good point by you in terms of like this this is a big issue going into camp. Ron Rivera like publicly – scolded them especially and i think for a very fair reason considering he is a high risk right. you know, individual and i think maybe the team was like well crap like now we look really bad if we don't do this so i don't know if that's you know it worked out that simply in reality but maybe it did but in any case yeah they're not having the issues that the colts are who i believe started out like just only ahead of Washington in terms of vaccination rate at the beginning of training camp. Yeah, and they've stayed Uh, at the bottom to that whole point. And it stayed at the bottom. And honestly, like, so I was checking out uh, Stampede Blue. Shout out to the Colts SB Nation blog. And remember when I had talked about before about how, like, I wonder how roster cuts are going to impact vaccination rates because, like, a lot of the presumably back of the roster players are probably have the vaccine because they're trying to do everything they possibly can to stay on the roster while some of these stars feel like they don't have to get it because they're going to be on the roster anyway well apparently that's the case with the Colts like I'm reading that it's Carson Wentz obviously but it's other players too like Darius Leonard and everything so like so that's a big issue and you know this isn't a Colts podcast we're not making about them but like to put it in contrast like Washington has done a good job and it's honestly it's a big deal, RJ, that they've been out of the spotlight like for this long, because they're always a team that's in the headlines for the wrong reasons and even were earlier this year, back before like the Fourth of July news dump and everything. So uh for them to kind of be out of the the spotlight for negative reasons for this long, like is an accomplishment. And I also think that is not a total accident with Ron Rivera in the building. I think that speaks to he deserves credit for that. That speaks to the culture he's building there.
1: I agree with that. And to kind of reference a topical thing just across the NFL, we don't know. And I don't want to speculate or like claim anything from, you know, on Washington's behalf. But it does seem like they either got their players to get vaccinated, they educated them, whatever. They they did something to drastically change that. And now they sit at about, again, 90% vaccination. Urban Meyer, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, um, is in some hot water because of a comment he made on Tuesday um, big shock, Urban Meyers in hot water based on a comment. Um, yeah. and, and this this spawned a lot of different opinions, uh, but Urban Meyer basically intimated, you can correct me if I'm wording this incorrectly, um, that vaccinations were somewhat of a factor in their roster cuts or their roster decisions, which has been something people have talked about, right? Like, because it is a theoretical competitive advantage. So whether or not you agree with that, Urban Meyer publicly saying that, as true as it might be in the eyes of some people, is not wise to say because it's only going to you know, garner a lot of attention. In fact, while we've been recording BLG, the Jaguars released a statement. Um, Just quickly, it reads, availability is one of the many factors taken into account when making roster decisions. We have vaccinated and unvaccinated players on our roster, and no player was released because of their vaccination status. Ultimately, decisions are based on a player's ability to help the Jaguars win, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is, even if Ron Rivera and Urban Meyer are going about this in the same way, in terms of improving vaccinations, getting players to get vaccinated, whatever the case may be like Ron Rivera is handling things in a public way in a very different sense. Like he is, he has gotten to your point. The temperature on Washington turned very much down where Urban Meyer is turning it very much up.
2: Uh, Urban Meyer. Does he make it through the 2021 season as the Jaguars head coach?
1: Yeah, he makes it through 2021.
2: Okay. Does he return for 2022?
1: Yeah. Because they, they might win the AFC South. Like, that's not. What? Okay. What's more likely?
2: I'm being 100% serious here.
1: What's more likely? The Jaguars on the AFC South or the Giants from the NFC East?
2: Um, uh, that's right. Yeah, I know. I think it's the Giants. Just because Uh, uh, I think the division could be really, really bad again. And I think the Titans are going to win the AFC South. I feel comfortable in them winning that.
1: Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Um, Last thing. I don't think I said this last week. I had my uh, Fantasy League of Record draft last Monday. And I have three players from the NFC's. Did I ask you to guess them?
2: Um Different teams on one team,
1: all, th- all three different teams. I have three players in the NFC East, and they are on three different teams.
2: Okay, and they're not from the Cowboys. You're saying they're, from they're not Blues from the rivals. Cowboys,
1: so they okay. I have one player from each team that okay. isn't the Cowboys. Um, I, don't, I don't have any Cowboys in this. This is my league of
2: record, and I don't have any Cowboys. I'm gonna say Miles Sanders, wrong. Uh, okay, good guess by <laughs> me. I'm gonna say, uh, no, you don't like Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, wrong. Okay, and then I'm going to say for Washington, uh, Antonio Gibson. Wrong. All right, good job by me. Dallas Goddard. Go three. Um, Kenny wow. Galladay. The value was just too great. Uh, wow, it was
1: Kenny I, I picked you really didn't like him. And, wow, what a fraud. And, and Terry McLaurin. So, uh, okay.
2: shout out to me. Um, Terry McLaurin, who you believe is not a top three receiver in the NFC. Yes. Not a top. Interesting. Uh, anyway,
1: uh, so. It's true, you said that. <laughs> um, yeah, great job I, I by us.
2: Oh, couple final ahead. thoughts, RJ. Uh, number one, shout out Josh McCown, who talked about how Kirk Cousins' vaccine refusal uh, takes away from his ability to lead. Absolutely, I, mean, yep. I think we've said this before. That's uh, kind of why I was crushing Dak a little bit when he was not like uh, very casual uh, when you were speculating
1: and assuming about Dak. Interesting. Okay.
2: Well, okay. when he was very like you know not mm. taking a stance on it, which is just that that is objectively true because he didn't. Uh, another thing, shout out to Holden. My good friend Holden, who Tallfield says the no, but (laughs) you know, I see why you would guess that. Uh, Good friend Holden, who listens to this podcast uh, with his partner Elizabeth and their dog Paul. Uh, Hey, shout out Paul Paul before on the bleeding nation. I know you 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 love dogs. You have bear. Does bear have an Instagram? He does not. Um,
1: I'm I'm so bad at Instagram myself. Um, that I would be really bad at at Instagram for him. But I have a lot of photos of him that can make it though so maybe i will
2: you should because then you could follow at risk it all paul on instagram and uh he paul's a big deal rj you gotta check him out he has like a billion followers it's insane it's it's crazy he's on tiktok it's a whole thing anyway uh if you like this show and you want me to if you want us to give you a shout out then leave a rating and review Apple Podcasts, five stars. And if you've already left one on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed and you're listening to this on BGM, then go leave one on the Blog on the Boys podcast feed. And if you're a Cowboys fan, then come over to the Eagles side of things just for a second on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed and leave a rating and review there. So, uh, you know, just spread the love a little bit. And look, we deserve it, RJ, because next week's show is going to be loaded. You mentioned it earlier. It's the quadcast. Assuming we can make it happen. Uh, you know, there's different schedules here. It's a lot of stuff going on before week one. Assuming we can we can put it into place, I think it'd be very cool to have a representative from each NFC's team here chopping it up, getting into things before the season kicks off. So
1: um, I'll do a shout out to me because I've been fighting a, uh, a sniffly nose this whole shout episode. Shout out to
2: you. Um, How so <laughs> uh,
1: shout out to me for fighting the sniffly nose. Shout out to Bear, actually, who's been asleep on the couch in my office and hasn't barked once. Uh, we know that he likes to bark, uh, on shows I do. So very good job by him. He's a very good boy. Shout out to the whiskey factor again, who, um, not only, um, sent me some Gardner Minshew context and perspective, uh, but I know you're a wine guy. Like I said, that's the reason I brought that up. The whiskey factor also recommended some whiskeys to me. Uh, Mm. so I mentioned, you know, I'm not exactly like a whiskey connoisseur or aficionado or anything like that. I said, this is what I want. I want like a sipping whiskey um that i could sit and just kind of have a glass and you know i want it to be smooth like i don't want it to sting or anything like that so it sent me a huge message with all these recommendations and i'm very excited to try uh shout out to my wife uh because she's awesome we've been watching uh catching up on marvel movies there are a handful of marvel movies that we haven't seen so we are uh, in the process of getting through that shout out to jeff probst survivor returns this month yes and shout out to- days shout out to danny McRae, former dallas cowboy special yeah. teamer who's on who cares. Season. Um and uh any other shout outs any other ones
2: No that's all of them Okay
1: um as always BLG you get the last word make
2: it great Word